Today is the Sunday that we celebrate the ascension of Jesus Christ. Uh, The ascension happens in our church calendar 40 days after the resurrection, which was actually uh, this week on Thursday, but we gather on Sunday, so we're celebrating it on Sunday. And I'm going to do something a little bit unconventional. I'm going to invite you to say the scripture with me this morning. It's 11 Verses, so it's a little bit longer, but if you've been a teacher, you know that class participation helps in learning. So I'm going to invite you to say this with me. So would you read this? uh, We're going to read this all together. Would you read this with me? In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After this suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my Father has promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up to the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? The same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me? King Jesus, we come to your word today, and we ask that you would speak to us, that you would lead us that you would show us more of who you are. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So this this morning as we talk about the ascension, I like us to think of this as kind of like a a transfer of power. It's a pivot point in salvation history in which Jesus has been on the earth in his human body for about 33 years, we think, about And uh, then he ascends to heaven. Jesus has taken front stage for a little bit now here on earth. And and he's kind of moving to the backstage in a little bit. And he's handing off power to the Holy Spirit and to the church. And so as we think about the ascension, uh, I want to ask the question, well, how did we get here? And you'll remember that Jesus traveled uh, all around uh, Judea with his disciples for about three years is what we think. And, and he was teaching them and teaching the crowds, and he was about his own mission. And he told them multiple times that he was going to die and to suffer. 
Uh, but they, they didn't really get the big picture just yet. And so on the night when Jesus is arrested, a lot of them fleed uh, because they were afraid. They were scared. And then we have the story of Peter who follows behind Jesus, but then ultimately denies him three times, denies even knowing Jesus, let alone being associated with him. And so these disciples are somewhat crushed in the knowledge of their lack and their failure. And then, worse, Jesus is killed, right? And for three days, I think they don't really know what's going on. They're confused, probably, until Jesus is risen from the dead. And they hear about it at first from some of the women, and then Jesus appears to them. And Jesus stays with his disciples for about 40 days, is what the scripture tells us, which is why we wait 40 days until we talk about the ascension. And it's pretty cool. Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, does two things a lot, which I think Jesus is a little bit playful in his resurrected state. So he loves, like, going through walls and bursting in on people, uh, you know, and surprising them, like, here I am, you know. I think that's kind of cool. And then the other thing he does a lot is he asks to eat. He's like, hey, let's get some food. So, um, I don't know about you, but I could hang out with uh, resurrected Jesus. That's, that's my type of Jesus. Um, but, so he spends time with his disciples, and it's important to know that he, the things he doesn't do, like Jesus doesn't go back to Pilate or the Jewish leaders and be like, look, I'm not dead. You killed me, but I won. That's probably what I would have done if I was raised from the dead. I'd be like, booyah, beat you, you know. But Jesus doesn't do that. He's more concerned about the disciples and preparing them for life without him, preparing them for the mission ministry and for the movement that they will lead. And it's interesting because uh, even before he dies, Jesus says uh, some things that are really confusing. Like at one point he says to his disciples, it's actually better for you if I go on. And when I think about the disciples and, and how they would have heard that, I, I think, like, there's no way, Jesus, no way that we want you to leave. Please stay with us as long as you can. And so in our story today, we see Jesus with the disciples after he's resurrected. And they're asking, is now the time that you're going to set up the kingdom? Is this the plan? Is this what, this is what we were hoping you were doing all along. Are you going to set up king, the kingdom? Are you going to vanquish our enemies, vanquish sin and evil? And he says, no. That's not the plan. And now is not the time. And he says, but I want you to wait. I want you to wait here for the Holy Spirit. And then he leaves and he ascends. So that's the ascension story. Jesus ascending. And next week we'll talk about the Holy Spirit coming, which I'll talk a little bit about today. Um, But Jesus ascends. So when I was thinking about the ascension and this story... I thought about this question. What does the ascension have to say to us today? What is, what, what's the goodness of this story that can come to us here uh, in, in the 21st century in America at our place and time? And so I have three 
kind of answers to this question, what does the ascension come to us today? And the first one is this. The ascension reminds us that Jesus is king even when it looks like he is not, right? Because Jesus was in a, is in a physical body, and then he leaves. And it looks like he's not here, right? We, we as humans love our human leaders. We love to be able to touch and to see them. We love to be able to go ask them questions and feel like they have our best interest in heart. But Jesus... Jesus doesn't choose to do that. He decides to leave. And he goes and he's sitting... Oh, wrong... Sorry, my bad. Wrong thing again. I did that last time. He, he goes to sit at the right hand of, Father, of the Father. But sometimes here on earth, it doesn't look like he's in charge. Right? All we have to mention are school shootings... Is what, like 27s this year already? Did you say buffalo and racist attacks? We can even throw COVID in with that too, right? And we, along with the disciples, can say, Jesus, why aren't you setting up your kingdom? Why aren't you getting rid of all this evil? Why aren't you getting rid of our enemies? But it's important to remember as as Jesus ascends, it says that he was caught up in a cloud. And it's not just about, okay, it was a cloudy day. The cloud is a symbolism. Because throughout the Old Testament, a cloud represents the presence of God. When Moses and the people of God received the Ten Commandments and the law, there was a cloud covering the mountain and there was thunder and lightning. When they had the tabernacle, there was a cloud that covered the tabernacle that represented God's presence. And whenever, wherever the cloud went, they followed. And then when they built the temple and they dedicated the temple, King Solomon did. There was a cloud that came upon the temple that was the presence of God with his people. And so when Jesus ascends, he, he, he goes to a place that's higher than us. He is king. And he goes to the control room of heaven. And so even when it doesn't look like Jesus is king, the ascension reminds us that he is. So that's number one. Number two, though the ascension looks like God is leaving, it's really about God becoming more accessible and intimate with us. So this is the transition point in history. Jesus has been on earth with his body. He's been kind of on the front stage doing all the stuff. And, and he decides, okay, it's the Holy Spirit's turn. So I'm going to go to the backstage. And like I said before, he's going to the right hand of God the Father, to the presence of God. So it's kind of, in one sense, silly to say he's taking the backstage but he is. He, he's moving back and he's allowing the Holy Spirit to come and to be with his people. Because just imagine for a second, if Jesus would have stayed on earth in his resurrected body, imagine what that would be like for us who call ourselves Christian. 
If he was somewhere, we would all want to go and visit him, right? Because the problem is, in a, in a human body, Jesus is limited to a certain place and a certain time. And if he was here, we would go and we'd want to visit him, like going to a concert or an event. And we would have this time in our lives where, where we saw, you know, the real deal. And many times when I read the Gospels, I, I think to myself, man, what, I would have loved to have been there to see his face. But if that was the case, then we would have these kind of high moments where, where we felt like, okay, it's only real if I'm really with the bodily Jesus. But when the Spirit comes, the Spirit comes to spread through all the earth the presence of God. So the ascension is kind of like when COVID first hit. Do you remember when the news first came out about COVID? Maybe the first news theory, uh, news uh, article that you read or heard about. I remember they were talking about COVID and at that point it was, you know, just over in China. And it was like, okay, they're worried about this virus. You know, they think it's going to get everywhere. But right now, not a big problem to me, and maybe they're overblowing it, right? Like, you know, no big deal. But then, two and a half years later, it spread. And like they said it would, it got into every place on earth. And whether you know someone who's had COVID or you yourself has had it, it has affected our lives in large ways. And that's what the ascension is. It's the spreading of the Holy Spirit. And with the Holy Spirit, the church, the people of God, spreads through all the earth. And the whole earth is told the story of Jesus and the good news. And so for a second here, as the Holy Spirit comes, I want us to think uh, to our, our understanding of the Jewish temple. So in the Old Testament, the Jews built a temple, and what the temple was was a building where they thought that God dwelled. And so they would go to the temple to pray and to, to feel the presence of God and to be with him, right? And they also went to the temple for forgiveness. They had to go to the temple. They had to offer a sacrifice to receive the forgiveness of God, but then a traveling rabbi, Jesus, comes on the scene and he's walking around and he's saying things and he's doing things that's making it obvious to others that he thinks he's the temple. So he's saying things like, the kingdom of God is already among you. And what he meant by that was, I'm among you. The presence of God is here. And then as he healed people and walked around, he would forgive people their sins. And he said, you are forgiven. And the Jewish leaders of that day said, whoa, 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 you can't do that. That is what the temple is for. They have to go to the temple to receive forgiveness of sins. And Jesus says, well, if you tear down this temple, I will rebuild it in three days. 
And so Jesus spoke of Himself as the temple. And then when we move to the New Testament in the next phase in salvation history, what the writers of the New Testament call the temple is the people of God filled with the Spirit of God. So that wherever we go, we take the presence of God with us. And on top of that, wherever we go, people should experience mercy and forgiveness and love. That whenever we walk into a room as a people of God, they can tell that God is present. And it's not that we go around saying, you're forgiven of your sins, you're forgiven of your sins. It's not like that, but just our interactions and our presence bring a mercy and a healing and forgiveness with it. And the psalmist says, because... The Holy Spirit can come. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The Lord is with us. And and wherever we go on the earth, we can pray. And we know that the Spirit is with us. In many of the places that we go, almost all of the places around the earth that we go, there will be a congregation, a people of God who are worshiping God. And God becomes accessible and intimate because of the ascension. So that's point number two. Point number three is a big one. Because of the ascension, we are invited to participate in the mission and the kingdom of God. So, so let's uh, think about, remember what Jesus is doing when he's resurrected for those 40 days. He goes to his disciples. He, he's not doing things for his own self to prove himself, but he's going to his disciples to encourage them, to love them. He says, I love you. You love me. I know you messed up. But we're going to do this together. And we got this. And so he's training them to be leaders for the movement that is to come. He's getting them ready for the next stage. And so Jesus does that and then he leaves, which creates like this leadership vacuum for the disciples to fill. They have to step up because if Jesus had stayed and he had led this movement here as a person, every time there's a problem, the disciples would probably be like, hey, Jesus, what do we do? Hey, Jesus, What do we do? And in a sense, they do that through prayer and communion with the Holy Spirit. But in another sense, they step up and they become the leaders that God is calling them to be because Jesus is no longer bodily present with them. And in the Old Testament, this story of the ascension should remind us of the Old Testament story of Elijah and Elisha, the two prophets. Elijah is the older prophet And Elisha, the younger kind of apprentice prophet, they know that Elijah is going to be taken away and Elisha keeps following Elijah around. And Elijah, there's, uh, keep saying these words. If I get them mixed up, sorry. Elijah says, what do you want from me? And Elisha says, if I can get a double portion of your spirit, I'll be happy. And so when Elijah is taken up in the chariot, uh, he says, well, if my robe falls upon you, your gift will be granted to you. And the robe falls. And the mantle passes to Elisha. And the spirit that is on Elisha, Elijah comes upon Elisha. And that 
is what is happening in our scripture today. Jesus Christ is passing the mantle onto the Holy Spirit and onto his disciples, us, the church of God. And it's interesting because the body of Christ, when we talk about the body of Christ in the Gospels, we're talking about a physical body. But when we move to the rest of the New Testament, the authors talk about the body of Christ being the people of God called into the mission to participate in what Christ is doing in the world, right? We're not just waiting for Jesus to come back. We're participating in the things that he has called us to do. So I love this scripture from 2 Corinthians. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can then go and comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. So Jesus says you will face suffering and pain in this life. But our job is in the midst of that to turn to God and allow the Holy Spirit to shape us in that pain. And then as we are transformed more into the image of Christ, into the people that God wants us to be, we then go out in mission in the world. Because new creation is breaking in. Jesus has risen from the dead. He has beaten sin and death. And we are invited to be a part of His way of life. We are invited into intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We are invited to become like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit and we are invited to do the things that Jesus did and we are called to do the things that he's gifted us to do for his kingdom and that's the plan there's no other plan it's us we are called to be the light pushing back the darkness we are called to be the love pushing back evil, hate, and violence. And so the ascension is a transition point. Jesus is okay fading to the background, but he's also taking his rightful place as king on the right hand of the Father. And he's going away so that the Spirit can come and be intimate and accessible to us. And he leaves a leadership vacuum. And he wants us to step up, to fill our, that void. And, and it's like he's tagging us in. Holy Spirit, it's your turn. And church, it's your turn to be the people I've called you to be, to do the things that I did. He invites us to be with him through the Holy Spirit, to become like Jesus in our lives, and to do the things that he did. It's a transition point. Christ has died. Christ has risen. Christ will come again. Would you pray with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for the story of your life here with us. And we trust you to continue leading us from the control room of heaven. May we be aware of your presence in the Holy Spirit. 
Give us ears to hear and hearts that are courageous to follow you. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, John.